Welcome back to the Noble Core Podcasts. We are your hosts, the Grunt Slayer. And John the Chief. Uh-huh. And today we're doing a, another special uh, another special episode. Of course, today is the last Thursday of March. So that means, you know, we've got some Halo Infinite news. And with that news, you know, that continues our road to Infinite. And in this monthly series, we are discussing a specific Halo game in semi-canonical order as we approach Halo Infinite. Um, and of course, this month, we are going to be diving right on into Halo 2, which is uh, somebody's favorite game of all time. I don't know <laughs> who you're talking about. No? No idea? <laughs> gotcha. And then, of course, at the end, we'll talk about some of the new Halo Infinite details. Not too much to talk about, but there's definitely enough to uh, to get excited about, which is going to be badass. Dude, even just a screenshot from Halo Infinite alone would be like, yeah, we're going to just do a whole podcast episode on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not we would, it's we have. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is very true. A picture of a new Halo toy, we're like on there for an hour and a half. So that's that how we so go. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you know it's right. Oh my gosh. Well, of course, you know, John, of course, everybody on the planet knows that this is your favorite Halo game. The um, best Halo game. And of course, my opinion, but how fucking know. dare you? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you have an opinion, John? <laughs> oh, I was about to throw some fire at you, bro. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got defensive there for a second. It was kind of funny. Don't make me talk about five, bro. <laughs> hey man, that's not even my favorite either. So you're good. Uh, it changes, to be fair. To be it's fair. true. It's true. Um, but of course, you know, I know we both have quite a bit of history of Halo Two, and we're gonna kind of start it off by our introduction to Halo Two. So we're not gonna quite jump into the campaign or anything yet, but kind of like how we got into Halo Two, what we were expectations were going into it, yada yada yada. John, of course, we're gonna have you lead on this one, my friend, because you are the Halo Two master. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I was a young young kid. Uh, two thousand five is when Two came out, so I was six. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you know, pretty young, but an absolute like hype beast for it i remember my dad's just like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be bringing halo home uh halo 2 home tonight and i'm like halo 2 wow <laughs> wow and just being super super excited so um my my dad got the limited edition all metal one and that was so kick-ass the steelbook is just so so cool yeah. Um, I don't remember if we did pre-order it or he was just telling me like, yeah, I'm going to go buy it today. But uh, I just remember seeing it and just like, I remember see comparing, you know, Halo CE chief versus Halo two. And I was like, that is the chief. Like you see that. And that's just immediately master chief. Something about that armor they did was just an absolutely incredible job. And I mean, it's definitely helped kick off this Halo universe, which I am a huge fan, obviously. Same with you. Uh, but, you know, they absolutely did a great job with the armor, making it totally iconic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, one of the common things that we'll see in Halo 2 is how it takes uh, Halo Combat Evolves formula and everything, and it really just kind of perfects it into something completely new. Um, and I think Halo 2, I mean, where Halo 1 was kind of like, yeah, this is an awesome fucking game. This is the start of something new. Halo 2 kind of solidified it into an iconic uh, 
or I guess really a true gaming icon, where Halo was the reason Xbox was successful initially. Halo 2 is what uh, solidified, you know, Halo and Xbox into like a, you know, a real thing for sure. It wasn't just like a one-off. Um, so yeah, so it sounds like, so you were excited. You were going into it around the time of launch when you guys got it. Yes, if I remember correctly, it was around the launch t- uh, time. And I remember... Um, just uh, we had this older friend down the street. I can't remember if it was my sister's friend and we went and saw him a lot, but I remember um, he always came over because we had Halo 2. And yeah, even yeah. from then, I was trying to practice cheese voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you can only imagine this six year old kid trying to be all rugged and tough, like like John 117, just going like, I'm gonna try to do it <laughs> in a kid voice now. <laughs> <Just be> like, <laughs> Did you need a weapon? <laughs> like you sound that. more like a grunt there. There <laughs> than you do, chief. It's great. I was a grunty chief, dude. The grunty chief. I like it. But yeah. Um. Just ever since then, I was like just an absolute icon, and definitely saved Xbox's ass for sure. Yeah. Uh, and thank God for that because Xbox is my absolute favorite system. So yeah. It also introduced Xbox Live. Yes, which yeah. was pretty crazy. You mean Xbox Network? <laughs> Fuck. I'm not <laughs> calling it that, dude. I'm not calling it that. I'm not going to call it that. Xbox Live is such a better ring to it. Like, uh, I get why they're changing it, but at the same know, time, I'm like, it's still Xbox Live. <laughs> they they should they should just like say like, oh yeah, it's this, but you know, this is like the sub name for it or whatever. Like, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I don't know anyone that's going to be like, oh yeah. Xbox, uh, I've already forgot what it was called. Network? <laughs> network. I think it's Network, right? Yeah, um, Xbox Network. It's like, nah, dude, Xbox Live just, you hear that and you're just like, oh, you think of all the gold days, dude. The gold days. That's funny because Xbox Live Gold. Anyways, I'll go, I'll walk out now. Uh, <laughs> that's a 10. Uh, that's a 10. That's a 10. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Yeah, because, oh, dude, Halo 2 is an interesting one because I never got to play Halo 2. Uh, until I got my Xbox 360 in 2008, in late 2008. Um, so that's four years because the game launched in 04. So that's four years that it was, you know, been on the internet and post Halo 3 as well. Um, so of course, you know, I'd already been playing Halo Combat Evolve a ton. Um, and I didn't know jack shit about Halo 2. Um, I had, my dad caught me one time watching, starting to watch the cutscenes because I never thought we'd get an Xbox or anything. But I only watched like the opening and he made me stop. He's like, no, because when you get an Xbox, you're not going to want to know what happens, which is good. Um, but I was always confused as to why it was called Halo 2, because you blew up the ring in the first game. And I was like, what? No, you can't call it Halo 2. Call it Earth or something. I don't know. Earth. I was an idiot. I was an idiot. Um, <laughs> and I never, you know, saw any like, you know, too many trailers or anything. We tried to get it for PC because it was on PC Vista, but... You know, we were smart enough to not get Windows Vista because Windows Vista is garbage. Um, so, but that also meant we can't, I couldn't play Halo 2 for years. Um, but yeah, when I finally got my Xbox in 08, um, it didn't, the only game it came with, I think, was like Kung Fu Panda. And we played that like a little bit just to kind of get used to controller. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like I played a little bit. I don't consider it my first Xbox game because I didn't buy it. It just came with the Xbox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the next day, like it came in the mail and I think like that weekend, uh, my dad took us to GameStop and we also got the limited edition Halo 2, uh, which I still have behind me. 
in two pieces because of an incident that was accidental, but uh, it's still amazing. You know, it came with the, the making of um, disc and everything like that. Um, and of course I didn't, you know, we didn't know uh, if it was even going to be any good, but we got it because my dad wouldn't let us get halo three until we played halo two. Um, what an awesome man, dude. Yeah, right. So yeah, we you know. So we made sure um, also because they were giving me the legendary edition for Christmas, but I digress. Um, so, so he bought it and Halo two was the last game I wanted to play. I wanted to play Halo three right away. So when I was a kid, I didn't actually get to appreciate Halo two as much. Um, I know, I know you got a sad face, but I <laughs> promise there's, there's a good ending there. But I remember, you know, uh, getting ready to play, but I didn't really want to play it. Um, I wanted to play Halo three, but I was like, ah, whatever. I got to get good with the controller anyways. And I sucked with the controller. I would, uh, I still have the, the pamphlet. Uh, in the case, but I would have the the booklet open with the controls, so I can look over at the controls as I'm playing to figure out how to use a Dude, fucking controller. What if, if I saw a kid <laughs> doing that, I, my heart would probably fucking melt. I'm not gonna lie. If I saw that, I'd be like, "Bro, this kid, he reading the instruction manual, <laughs> the instruction manual, dude." Because I was always mouse and keyboard, and we we religiously believed that you couldn't play an FPS game on a controller. I was a fucking idiot, but because um, now I now I can't I can hardly play with a mouse and keyboard, um, at least comfortably. But uh, that <laughs> I think we still have that Xbox controller. But yeah, dude, it took me forever to learn. Um, and the first experience going through, uh, like just trying to figure everything out, like I didn't get any of the story the first time, except for when the Halo appeared on screen. You're I was like, like oh, oh, hey, Halo Two, because there's a second Halo. I get it. What funny. I'm a f- I was so stupid, dude. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I didn't have a bunch of like, ex- pre like, you know, excitement going into Halo 2 as much as there should have been because Halo 2 was just so fucking phenomenal. But I was a little kid and I didn't, uh, I wasn't very appreciative of it because I wanted to play Halo 3 so bad. <laughs> Which, I mean, looking back now, Halo 2 does have actually better writing than Halo 3, and I think most people would agree on that. Yeah. Um, and Halo 2, as far as, like, sequels, like, the first sequel, like, the number two in front of the game goes, um, it's one of the best ever, period. Like, across the board. I mean, there's only other ones that are uh, in similar quality, in my opinion. I think, um, in, like, terms of, like, a, a lot of the games, like, I don't think one is necessarily worse than the other. You know, every game is different they've got mm-hmm. their own thing to it. it's it's like having different children like not one of them is going to be the same Even yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and halo 2 is like one of those very few direct sequels i feel that really did a one-up on the original game even though it wasn't as open which is maybe a mild criticism but even then it's not because the gameplay balancing is so fucking great except for jackal snipers <laughs> um that it never even mattered, dude. It was just so freaking good. Um, there's only a very few games, very few direct sequels to the original game that even compare, and that would be like Half-Life 2, Doom Eternal. Uh, uh, yeah, my point, I can't even think of any other games that good as a direct sequel. Half-Life 2, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Half-Life oh, 2 do? and Doom Eternal, yeah. Oh, Half-Life 2 yeah. and Doom Eternal, I'm trying to think of a yeah, it's another I, direct sequel that is of a similar quality of Halo 2. Oh, see that's like so tough cuz in general that's such a good game. Yeah. 
I'm like Halo Three. <laughs> Halo Three, but it's not a direct se- sequel to the original, yeah, so true. it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> oh man, it's hard. Like a number two in front of the game. I mean, I I haven't played it personally, but I heard Titanfall Two. Yeah, I mean Titanfall Two. I guess in comparison to how much it evolved, I think Titanfall Two would be a good example. I don't think it's as good as everybody makes it out to be, but it's a good example. Ooh, Ooh <laughs> spicy take. <laughs> um, but yeah, John. So, what was your more in? If you can remember, at least, can you remember your initial reactions to Halo Two? So, um, in a weird way, I don't, but do. I remember just feeling OP as fuck. Obviously, as a kid, my dad's just like, you should probably play on easy to normal. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so, playing on that. And I remember just feeling, like, I think, like, that's the best way to sell the character is you're not playing the character. You're being the character, right? Like, you're feeling that character. And just running through and, like, clearing out sectors. Um, and having the Marines go, like, yeah, it's Chief. Or just, like, look up to you and just, like... They're like, here, take my weapon. I'm like, okay. <laughs> even if it's not even that good of a gun, I was like, sure, you're super cool. Thanks. And if they don't offer it up, you kill your teammate for the sniper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, so I actually didn't have online at all. Didn't have mm. sort of um, multiplayer whatsoever. So um, yeah. like all my multiplayer. So I played with my sister and dad a lot. So I wasn't that good up until I started getting a little bit older where I was much better than them mm-hmm. to the point where they were just like, hey, you're not allowed to use this gun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, because my dad was like, sort of like, you'll be grounded. I'm not kidding. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, what is this pushy shit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not grade A parenting, but you know, just. <laughs> uh, what but is I, this? But one of my favorite memories was uh for the multiplayer uh, if i'm not jumping schedule just uh no, you're fine cool um but basically just just quick memory because i've got a lot more um my neighbor across the street had halo 2 and they had a broken controller that when you lift up the trigger like if like let's say you're pulling it down to shoot something you had to hold that to keep your character from from firing their gun what yeah yeah it was super janky it was they must have broke it somehow but basically you had to hold it down so that way it's basically reversing it so if you release the trigger it shoots your gun like crazy um mm. even if it's a battle rifle it's just gonna keep spamming the shots oh it just keeps going okay yeah basically like it's like a rapid mod i guess so um they made me use that controller and they're just like here beat my brother and i kicked his ass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the broken controller Oh my god! Holy shit! Um, But uh, we should be jumping into the campaign, right? right. Yeah. So from here, we'll jump right into the campaign and stuff, like kind of the story. Um, And John, I know you're you're the you're kind of the pro. I mean, you're Halo Two pro here, man. So I wanted you to kind of take the lead on this uh, because Halo Two is your game, my man. Dude, it was very well pieced together. Like I absolutely appreciate the writing. And I, I did think it was an interesting take because I didn't see any video games that did this or really necessarily any movies um, where it took place um, as the side of your enemy. So, like, mm-hmm. you played as the Arbiter. And I remember I was like, 
what? I, in a weird way, I was kind of offended. <laughs> Yo, no, absolutely. I think most people were at first. Yeah, I was like, what? This is Chief's story. I was like, what is this? And like, just a little upset. But as like playing through the game, I just thought it was really cool to to play as another character and see how things are changing. Um, but I, I, but just like the first three missions were just absolutely amazing. Um, I felt like Halo CE did a really good job in terms of like open world and just being kind of very roomy, I guess, but also very tight quarters at the same time. I mm-hmm. feel like this um, was a better balance of it. Like they did a really good job. Uh, it's, I think like the way they laid out enemies was a little bit better as well, because definitely I liked them coming out from the rooftops. Um, you've got to like f- go around and like the enemies are shooting at another group of people. So you run up and kill them and save the Marines and you go to the next sector. Uh, and just driving around in your hog with the, uh, with this couple, like first couple of missions, just totally fun. And, I think the the graphic update was also kind of help, uh, kind of helpful. I'm trying to say it has been a weird day, <laughs> um, but also just how I felt like Halo One felt kind of floaty. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I loved how um, Halo Two felt. I felt like that was exactly what they were trying to get in Halo One. Yeah, they really saw a lot of. Yeah, I mean, I don't forget what you're saying, like. Like uh, the enemy placement, the uh, the general movement, the filling of the weapons, uh, kind of how uh, you know, so, like you were saying, like Halo Combat Evolved is a little bit more open, and then it has its tight corridors. Where Halo Two is kind of more kind of in the middle, it kind of chooses the middle ground, and it kind of more naturally goes open to closed, uh, closed down air arenas uh, throughout the campaign. So the level design is is overall a bit stronger. I feel, um, you know, what you're saying there, uh, which is you know, awesome, you know, uh, and that really just comes like with, you know, lessons or learned from the first game and how Bungie was going forward. Um, and now really interestingly, uh, Joseph Staten, uh, who is now the director of the campaign for Halo Infinite. He's the guy who actually wrote the story for Halo two, which should install a lot of confidence, to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so John, as far as I understand, you think this is also the favorite, the best Halo story so far, right? Halo 2, yeah. Um, I just love how that was a big turning point, especially for a lot of the history in Halo. Um, for those who are huge Halo Lores fans uh, like TJ here, um, I actually didn't even know the term uh, until he told me. was uh, It's called the Great Schism. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge, huge part of the, the Halo universe, um, especially mm-hmm. with like, the later games and just basically how it turns from humanity potentially losing to basically them. Flipping. It's yeah. Where they get the upper hand um, with the elites being uh, betrayed. And then they been like, yo, fuck you. We're going to join the humans. Fuck you. We don't yeah. even like the humans, but fuck you. <laughs> and, and one thing I absolutely loved to learn about the elites is they're very honorful, mm-hmm. like the honor guards elites. And I would love to see that again. Just putting that out there. Would love to see a huge update with them. With the uh, cards. Yes, because Halo yeah. 2 Anniversary did such a good job. But I would love to see... I basically, just like... I loved how seeing how very respectful they were in combat. Basically, like, hearing about it and just kind of learning about it. 
Um, and then when you jump back into Halo 2, you really see it. Like, mm-hmm. they really, really place that in there, and it's super, super interesting. Um, yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely really, really cool and placed together. And I love the extra enemies they put into the game. For instance, like the brutes, the drones, like, absolutely love those guys. Um, brutes, absolutely dog shit things. They're just out. <laughs> Especially on Legendary. Oh my god, no kidding. Such a good character, and I I love seeing these different designs and putting more truth behind the word The Covenant. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also loved that when as you're jumping between stories, it really instills Chief's basically trying to to find the right word, basically just his legend. Like, you're Mm -hmm his legend and then they reference that in other games mm-hmm. yeah, i think that is so cool that that is such a huge huge piece to the halo um halo franchise yeah halo 2 i mean I, what i really respect about halo 2 is it really does take a lot of risks it would have been so easy for them just to make halo combat evolved too to where it was just oh here's another halo ring we got to do the same things again but oh here's a bad guy here's the arbiter you're gonna fight him kill him at the end of the game um what I love is that Halo 2 um, really is, I think, more or less uh, Arbiter story than Master Chief's. Where Master Chief, hey, he's got a, you know, he's got part of the arc in his story there, but really the game focuses more on the Arbiter. Yeah, uh, totally. Even though they have, yeah, the same amount of missions, I think, or almost the same amount. Pretty close. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole uh, it's a whole thing with the Arbiter. Um, so uh, what I think is really cool. So you get to get to see the yeah the side of the enemy. You get to see the side of the covenant um, instead of just the UNSC. So it flushes out the universe in both directions. You get to see more of the leadership of the UNSC and how they operate, as well as the covenant as well. You find out they're more religious, super crazy cult people <laughs> um, uh, with the, the prophets and everything. Um, and they even have you go silence. Uh, you know the people like the. Uh, the heretics who are actually speaking the truth and uh, which Arbiter actually joins there. Technically they, jo- he joins his side by the end of the game, even though he kills the leader in the early game. Um, Definitely ironic. It is ironic. And I really like how, I uh, really, how they pull that off. Um, and now he, he and Tartarus respect each other enough to where he tries to convince Tartarus by the end of the game. Like, you know, what he's doing is wrong. The prophets lied. And the TARDIS wanting to impress the prophets and become their rifle protectors, uh, you know, remains blinded and he tries to activate the rings and everything. And it's just like a really cool, uh, um, I don't know. For me, I just think it's a really cool dichotomy between the two characters. Uh, What I also like as well is that it kind of like it starts and ends Arbiter's, not, not his arc, but his main like change of character he from where he is at the beginning of the game he is very different by the end whereas the master chief he's got like a six game uh like arc yeah his arc doesn't even move that much between between the original three halo games and it really he really starts to have that actual development in halo 4 whereas in halo 2 he's still kind of more master chief he's more badass though he's more confident um, it does focus more on his legacy and, you know, the amount of badassery is in, within that suit of armor. Um, but at the same time, you know, it does keep, you know, the focus, 
I guess the character development focus on Arbiter, while Master Chief is there more to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and I think by the end, it really does play into Chief's story in the long run a lot better than the Arbiter's. Because his story is kind of, it's not wrapped up, but his arc is kind of concluded. And now he's just kind of there doing extra stuff to where Master Chief, he's still the primary focus. And I think that was a great choice um, on jo- Joseph Staten's uh, part there. I I did love seeing the character difference, especially when it comes to seeing um, how Chief and the Arbiter, when they first meet through the Gravemind, um, you can see that Chief is just like, you know, your your prophets are making a big mistake. This mm-hmm. is, this is a weapon. And the Arbiter's just like, obviously, like, release me. Like, he he's talking out of his ass type of deal. And I love that he's like, cool, you're going to sit, you're going to guys going to go search then. And as Arbiter is searching, he realizes more and more and more, um, especially when he speaks to Guilty Spark or the Oracle. And the Oracle's just like, why do you guys keep using these improper terms? This, yeah. this is what happens. And obviously it gets silenced by Tartarus basically using an EMP and sucking him towards his gravity hammer and mm-hmm. knocking him out. And you can tell that definitely sits. Yeah. He kind of sits and thinks about it for a second and almost brushes it off, but not quite. Yeah. And just later in the series, you truly see him like think on it more. And especially mm-hmm. because, uh, because he is the arbiter, that's um, a name knowing of basically high honor, but also high um, disrespect at the same time. Cause he had that mark of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he really had to think like, uh, um, is what I'm doing the right thing? Because our people have been doing this for centuries, basically. Yeah. They're like, we've been guarding these prophets and have they really been lying to us? And he basically changes that outcome saying, hey, this is what happened. And as he's saying that towards the end, the other elites and other factions start realizing it too. They're just like, uh, wait. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, the Arbiter's relationship with Sergeant Johnson by the end of the game is fucking iconic as hell. Yes. Like, because Sergeant Johnson, he gets a lot more character moments in this game as well. More more or less just being, a you know, the ultimate badass. But, you know, he, he and Arbiter have some really interesting moments. And him and, you know, and Keys, uh, Miranda Keys as well. Uh, who's, of course, the daughter of Jacob Keys in the, from the first game. Um So, yeah, I always kind of liked how they, he, they work with a lot of different characters and really kind of wit in a direction that wasn't expected um, with Halo 2. Um, one thing I also really like as well is how they approach the Flood, because it would have been super easy just, again, you know, do another thing on the Flood, destroy the ring to stop the Flood, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, and I know. Yeah. It, exactly, it would have been boring. But what they do um, is they first introduce the Flood very early on in a zero, pretty much no-stakes way to where they're just kind of on this structure that they're, you know, on the planet. Uh, where the Arbiter goes to kill the um, the heretics. It's on the gas giants, so it's really no threat there. That's why they place the Halo rings next to gas giants. Um, so if the Flood go on, go to that nearest planet, uh, they just kind of die. But uh, what I really like is that they have it there, but they're not the main enemy of that section. They're just there while you're chasing down the heretic. Um, and then later on, they do become a massive threat with the reveal of the Grave Mind and then they take over the you know high charity and stuff, which leads you know further in the Halo uh, Halo Three. But um, 
they do break containment a lot worse than they ever did in Halo 1. Um, and that raises the strikes dramatically because you got the, the Covenant trying to activate the ring, the whole Halo array at this point. Um, you know, and that's what they discovered at the end. But they were just about to activate the ring, which was actually never a threat in the first game. The threat in the first game was just the flood leaving containment. But in this game, they actually are trying to activate the ring, whereas that was just kind of the reveal of what the Halo ring was in the first game. So you got super high stakes there. You got the flood breaking containment infecting an entire Covenant. Basically, Covenant's homeworld of high charity, which is almost the size of a planet anyways. Um, and succeeding, and then, of course, leading at a cliffhanger ending that doesn't resolve the flood, and it leaves the Halo array uh, revealed to have seven total Halo rings instead of just the two now. Um, and it really, I think Halo 2 does a magnificent job of not just telling a great story from start to finish that uh, that feels complete because of the Arbiter's arc, but it also sets up the future of the Halo games, more of specifically Halo 3, um, in a in a position where uh, everybody's going to be super excited for. Like, it's they leave it in a position that you want to look forward to. And even though they had to cut a lot of stuff, which at the end was probably a good thing, um, I think they've somehow delivered still what I think a lot of people consider the best story in Halo, as far as the game goes, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that... It wasn't just like Halo 1 where all of a sudden, oh, cool, you have space zombies now. And we've got to basically work around that and basically get them to not go anywhere else. But I loved showing that the Grave Mind had an idea and like a purpose. He's just like, nope, this is a weapon. Um, obviously, aiding the humans, because obviously the humans are just like, um, definitely don't want to die. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't. It, they like, they kill the covenant, but I'm sure they don't really want to because they're like, we're going to save this universe. We need to basically stop this thing from firing. Yeah, and it's so interesting to hear him like talk about ha- saying like it, it is a weapon and basically convincing Arbiter to not set off the uh, the actual ring itself. Yeah, that's a really cool thing that the flood aren't just the main enemies. Um, but they also, you know, toy with people's heads and they also actually are responsible for their own undoing when, with eventually teaming up Master Chief and the Arbiter, um, which I just think is, there's just so many layers in Halo 2 to where, like, whenever somebody says, yeah, Halo 2 is the best Halo game, like, I'm like, dude, 100%, like, I can't even argue that and I won't because it's so fucking good. It is definitely up there in terms of lore and story. Like, it's really, really good. There is, I think, a couple more games that are a little more lore juicy, but this one's pretty up there. Yeah, I mean, this one, I think, yeah, which I think this and Halo 4 are tied, at least for me, with the most, like, important lore-wise and uh, probably the most expansive and probably the best written as well. Um I mean, Halo 5, it's got a lot of lore implications and stuff like that, but it's just, it's not quite the level of Halo 2 and Halo 4. Um, but yeah, Halo 2 is just so expansive, and in a game that came out in 2004 of all of all times to come out. 2005 earlier. I was like, I was like I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. Oh, did you say 2005? I That's funny. 2005. <laughs> oh, I didn't even catch that. That's funny. Um, but no, yeah, I think uh, just a game that came out so long ago on the original Xbox tells such a great story like that is pretty insane and it does tell like a movie which is pretty cool um because like traditionally games aren't really told like that but now halo has kind of normalized it 
Um, God, yeah, and yeah, that campaign, dude, is just so freaking good. And I think a lot of it is benefited by the music done as well. Um, you know, of course, Mario Domo, Marco Salvatore, they they return, and they're in it. Of course, they compose every Bungie games Halo. Um, I guess every Bungie Halo game, you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, the way that they kind of mix more uh, like choirish stuff, it's more holy music, and then also they mix in like crazy guitar riffs and stuff they even have breaking benjamin and incubus come in um i think it just creates a, such a unique environment that halo 2 is just like halo like, 2 to me almost the doom 2016 it is dude it kind of does feel i totally get what you mean when you say that yeah like which is actually funny because if you also compare doom eternal to halo 2 there's a lot of similarities you absolutely see. the three prophets the uh um the not being like evil character. It's just, I don't know. There's a lot of like ways that Halo two just inspires so many good, uh, good franchises. Yeah. What, what I like to compare it to is like Halo two is the aliens of the Halo franchise mm. <laughs> where Halo one is the alien. It introduces everything. Halo two just brings it to the next fucking level, you know? Um, yeah. And I, and I was speaking, I was talking about something earlier this month on Twitter about like how, you know, the aliens, uh, Terminator two and Halo two are all examples of some of the best sequels ever made because it just takes something familiar, uh, and it improves on it and it doesn't necessarily change it, but it is very different, but also the same, which is weird to say, but like Halo two is a lot more action heavy, heavy. I feel. I also think that this game could be a very good lesson in terms of saying like, you know, imagine if Halo two was coming out today um, and people were just like, no, it's not Halo one. You know, mm. we've got to let this game evolve. Cause I mean, if it was going to be a Halo one again, we're not like, it, obviously, would be good. it wouldn't have kicked off. And so I don't know. I guess that's what's really frustrating when I hear other players just like upset with, three four three or just like oh they're not going the direction we want or i'm I'm gonna shoot this right in the foot hopefully people don't get mad at me um playable elites <laughs> i'm like yeah. i'm like look they they probably can't state it right now but there's probably a good reason yeah like halo 2 had a good reason for introducing playable elites because it was just you know they already had them for the campaign just throw them in a multiplayer um and because that's just a story direction they wanted to go where, as I'm sure Halo Infinite, that's a Master Chief game first and foremost. So, of course, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to shoo in it, horn anything in there that might break the game uh, as far as, like, balancing it goes. Because elites are just not very balanced in Halo's gameplay. They're just, they have such big hitboxes and stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good point there because there's so much, like, Halo 2 changes so much from Halo 1. Everything, art style, um, Chief's design. Mechanics. Yeah, dual wielding, uh, vehicle hijacking. Um, it's just super expansive and just changes so much. I mean, it's actually funny because me and my cousin, because we always played Halo 2, we actually didn't like Halo 2 nearly as much for a long time because it changed so much from Halo CE, which is something, of course, we've grown on from. You know, we've grown as people to realize that's actually a good thing. But that's, yeah, I mean, Halo 2, I mean, it really was the first to kind of just like, revitalize what halo was and, and like what you just said like you know like it took some time to realize that and i i hope that a lot of the halo fans can 
get to that point where they're just like, you know, maybe they are mad at Halo Infinite and then they start playing it and they just go, you know what? I don't know why I was basically terrible with this. So mm-hmm. it's it's really nice to hear that, you know, some players are just like, I'm all for it. Like everything's got to change. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, yeah, Halo 2 is just kind of the best examples that is because, you know, they're going to have to change things and some things for better, some things for worse. Um, not, I'm, I don't actually think there's much in Halo 2 that's worse than one, but, um, you know, things are just going to evolve and that's just how you make a good sequel, you know, because, you know, you look at the best sequels and you'll see, the best sequels are the ones that don't tread the same territory as the originals. Uh, for example, I mean, what we just talked about last uh, earlier this week is, of course, Doom Eternal and the Ancient Gods, yeah. which, of course, took a very different direction, art style uh, gameplay from the original Doom. They made it much faster. They changed a whole bunch of stuff. And yet, it's considered one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, same thing with Half-Life 2 with its art direction. Um, of course, the gameplay is a lot still pretty similar. They did add quite a bit story-wise. They'd added a quite a bit uh, with different kinds of weapons and stuff. And it's just kind of one of the things. Halo 2 is just probably still one of the best examples just because it's so clear. It's also one of the things when somebody says, I want it to be more like classic Halo, I don't know what the fuck they mean. Because it's Halo true. 2 and Halo C are both considered classic, but there's, they couldn't be. They're just so fucking different. And I guess in another term, you could say Halo 3 is classic, but Halo 2 to 3 is pretty different as well. Yeah, I mean they have similar game things to play stuff, but they even those two games have completely different art styles. Uh, they have, I mean, dual wielding works similar but different in Halo Three. Um, and while it does have a lot of the, the gameplay things, Halo Three is a lot more of a sandbox game versus Halo Two uh, in a lot of ways, especially with physics and stuff, and including those um, armor abilities. You know, they added. Well, not abilities, but like basically equipment is what. Yeah, the equipment. Yeah, basically like bubble shields and you know um, power drainers and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't know. I just I just get a little frustrated, and I'm like, I'm just ready for this game to be to be different. I can agree that Halo Five was a bit different than what I like, but you know, I feel like if you're gonna look at it that way, you could just say, hey, like every game's got its. Black its own merits, yeah, and its own black sheep elements. Fallout, super, super good. I mean, a lot of it. Then you got Fallout seventy six. Like you've got got a lot of different games like that. You got to see that. So, um, I'm sure they're going to recover it from it fine because they're like, oh, the community didn't like that actually. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And one, there's a misconception that Halo Infinite has to be the Avengers Endgame of Halo games. You know, to where it has to include everything that every previous game has ever done in order to be successful, which is complete bullshit. Um, I'm just going to say that right now. It's complete bullshit expectation. Totally totally agree. Um, But what I really like, and especially relating this back to Halo 2, is that it shows you can take different elements and you can mix things up and you can have a totally an original experience. Just like Halo Reach is a completely different experience from Halo 2. Uh, Halo 3 is a different experience from Halo 1, and Halo 4 is a different experience than Halo 5. I mean, they're all very different, um, but similar enough at the very core of the gameplay in the very center to be Halo. Even Halo 5 with its advanced mobility and stuff like that, at the core with how you know everything works, it's still very much a Halo game. Absolutely. Um, even with you know art style changes, in my opinion, art style changes is less about um, just making something look cool, but it's also a, a, an important storytelling element. 
So the more sci-fi aesthetic stuff in Halo 4 works for Halo 4 because that game is very high sci-fi with you know ancient forerunners and stuff where the military stuff of halo reach works great for that game because it's a very military centric game and i don't think either of those two ourselves works with halo combat evolved at all because it's a completely different story being told and i think it's kind of supported with combat evolved anniversary as well in which i don't think the halo reach art style works very well with it just because it conflicts the atmosphere it conflicts the military aspect versus the kind of more of the balanced stuff in Halo uh, Combat Evolved. And that's where I also think Halo 2's anniversary fucking rocks. Because, yeah, I mean, it does kind of take some things from other games, like the Warthog from Halo 4 um, and stuff like that. But at the same time, it like it is very much its own art style, and it very much is respectful to the original art uh, graphics and art style. It just makes them look modern day. Yeah, and I, I what I loved about it is they they truly wanted to kind of mix everything, and I do appreciate that. Like they really wanted to say, "Hey, like this is um, a good art style we want to do." Now, obviously, it wasn't three four three doing that. It was um, uh, Blur Studios, right? It was Blur Studios. I remember. Blur, uh, Blues. Uh, excuse me. Blur Studios did the cutscenes. Cutscenes, yeah. Um, and I think I actually think both anniversaries were outsourced. I could be wrong about Halo Two, but I know Comedy Evolves was an outsource. Um, but of course, you know they they put that all in the Master Chief Collection as well. Um, but yeah, the cutscenes in Halo Two Anniversary are fucking fantastic. Absolutely amazing, and they just did such a good job with it. And honestly, like with what they did with the graphics. I felt like even including the Halo 4 Warthog or, you know, just kind of making it look more like more inclusive. the universe should be, um, yeah. in my mind at least. Uh, yeah. They did an absolutely great job of making it, in in my opinion, the perfect Halo so far. Mm-hmm. Halo 2 Anniversary is the perfect one because they've got so many... Obviously, it's Halo 2 at its core, but it's also got other things from other games that it draws inspiration from absolutely and it's 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 so so good and i constantly go back and play halo 2 anniversary i still think it's fun as well i think halo 2 anniversary is even versus halo 5 the best looking halo game right next to halo 4 uh with how they were able to do that i think halo 2 anniversary and halo 4 are still the best looking games not including halo infinite since we've only seen a handful of screenshots of that um but no, I think all of the lighting effects and everything. And then I love uh, the elite redesigns, which are still very respectful to the originals. But I think I think most people would agree those are the best looking elites in the entire series. Even Halo Wars 2 used them. Halo 2 elites? Mm. So Dude, good. It looks so good. And I think Halo 2 Anniversary Chief is like my second favorite looking Chief. Only beat by Infinite's design myself. Yeah, so if um, if we're going off games that we've played... Halo 2 Anniversary is the most perfect Chief. Um, but Halo Infinite, um, I remember I was kind of skeptical in the armor. I was like, oh, it's a bit more tanky than what I like. I think Halo 2 is my ideal Chief because he's well-balanced. He's still tanky, but he's still quick and still you know agile, still lean. Um, but I th- the new tank armor is what I'm going to call it has really, really grown on me and just looks so good. Um, in, in another way I can compare it to um, doom eternals armor, like doom 2016 did a good job. I love the armor, but something about doom eternals is just 
the, so good. It's the biceps, the biceps that are bigger than his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> well, also just like, so something about the boots, like I always thought the rounded toe looked pretty good, but something about that pointy toe, what I like to call like the Iron Man foot, yeah. um, looks so good. Makes him almost agile. The, the almost, um, Spartan, like, you know, like the 300 Spartan, um, I want to say like calf plate looks very, mm-hmm. very similar and looks great. Yeah. Um, very much took the inspiration from that. Uh, just overall did a great job of doing a new version of chief signal signifying. This is a new game, but also putting that remix factor of the classic. I'm going to say halo two look, cause that's what spawned it. Absolutely. I also really like what Halo 2 Anniversary does with its visor that a lot of games really don't do in the Halo franchise is they make it shiny. Like it shines, it reflects uh, the light like re- in a really cool fashion. I think Halo uh, Halo 5 kind of does it, but not in the same effect. It's too dull. And Halo 4 has really cool reflective, but it doesn't ref- like it doesn't shine. When Halo 2's visor, it definitely, like, you can see the shine on there. Like, it's, it, I don't know, it's just a really cool uh, lighting effect I've always enjoyed. Like, someone just polished that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, mm, they polished that nice and well. Um, Ab- Absolutely all perfect. We totally just went on a whole tangent of just graphics and just Amen. Halo infinite people being upset. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, dude. No kidding. Um. But yeah, man, I mean, Halo 2 is just really the best example you can come up with just because it's so popular. I feel like most people would agree if, if it's not their favorite sequel, it's one of the best sequels. Yeah, yeah, no. And there's a lot of competition in Halo, but I think a lot of people, I mean, I noticed a lot of people hitting Xperia, um, especially. I know he's a great YouTuber who just like loves Halo 2 uh, to no end. And I, I can't even blame anybody who thinks that way. Um, um, I remember when we went to Halo Outpost Discovery, there was this dude just standing in the front, very... Very, um, I don't want to say smart ass guy, but just very funny guy, just kind of funny. Um, he was talking to someone right in front of me. Um, they were getting checked in, and he's just like, Hey, what's the best Halo? And the other, and the guy's like, Uh, Halo 3. And he's like, Okay. And then, like, you know, gives him the stuff, goes through, and I go through now. And he's like, So, what's your favorite Halo? And I was like, Halo 2. And he goes, you hear this dog? His favorite's Halo 2. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. to get us into a fight. And the other dude's just like, I've got a lot of respect for that. And just kept on his way. And I was just like, and I've got a lot of respect for that. <laughs> Bro, that's how it should be. Fuck yeah. Dude, but yeah, I honestly, to be honest, the main two games that I hear um, that are most people's favorites are Halo 3 or Halo 2. Yeah, which is really interesting. <laughs> they really is. Like... Like just the two games are super close together, same developer and everything, um, but they could be just have you know so many different fans on that, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I think uh, overall the campaign in Halo Two um, is just is fucking outstanding. Like I'm not even gonna throw in where where it ranks in mine because just depending on the day, Halo Two is either my favorite or it's like my second favorite or third favorite. It, like it just it just rotates all the fucking time for me it's just because some days i'm like yeah i really appreciate halo halo 2 and other days i'm like fucking halo 3 is my bamf then yeah yeah. especially (laughs) with us going through um this series that we're doing um i've noticed that you really can switch to liking something and i i don't know i guess i I aspire to 
have that opinion as well is you appreciate everything from each game. And I, I really like that. I wish more people, even not directly with halo, just had that same mindset. When I first met you, I was kind of more naive on halo four. I was like, Oh, I don't really like it that much, but um, definitely having someone show you like, Hey, you may not like it in this factor, but this is why I enjoy it and showing different ways to enjoy that game makes it so great. And I don't know, just like, I guess what I'm going off of is like, when you go to different games, it's your favorite game because that's what you're playing and you find every single nook and cranny to enjoy about it. Absolutely. I mean, um, and that's the thing. I mean, everybody's going to have their opinions. Everybody has their own experience and stuff. And that's, that's totally awesome. And I respect that. Like if somebody has Halo three and they're like, yeah, this will always be my favorite game. I'm like, top of the hat. You know, I totally respect that. For me, I always share the opinion that nothing will always be my favorite thing. Because for me, I always want the new things to be my favorite. <laughs> um, I'm always like ruined, like, oh man, this, this, if this isn't like, you know, I want this new thing to be my favorite. And not all the time it is. But um, one thing I've always kind of grown up just, you know, as I, as I learned is for me, life's like, just like a little too short for me to not look for the positives in every game. And that's probably why I enjoy Halo 5 more than most people. It's because the issues don't stand out to me like the things it does fantastically. Um, and for Halo 2, I mean, there's just so many positives. Like, there's really not much I can criticize in Halo 2 at all. I just think it's fucking... It's a perfect game. It's a straight... Like, if I were able to... Um, if I were able, you know, able to go back and review the Halo games, pretty much every single game except for Halo Reach and the Master Chief Collection would earn a 100% like easy like easy, especially Halo Two. Easy. Um, the only ones that wouldn't would be Halo Reach and Halo Five, not including the Wars games. Um, and that doesn't mean those games are bad in any means. I just think, yeah, you know, Halo One, Two, Three, ODST, and Four are just for what they do. They fucking nail it so perfectly. And I think Halo Two, uh, especially just jumping off of Halo One, it does that amazingly because a lot of people will say. You know, Halo 2 wasn't as good because it didn't have as many open world elements like Halo 1. It was a lot, I guess you could say more linear. But my um, my rebuttal is that, yeah, okay, it's more linear, but it does so gr- so much good shit with the linear stuff. Like, they balance the fuck out of it. And when it's not balanced, that's okay as well because uh, I don't think, I don't necessarily believe in the law that everything needs to be balanced. I think everything being totally balanced all the time is not necessarily the most fun. I mean, you get games like Doom Eternal where, I mean, it is th- probably the most balanced, challenging game I've ever played. But you p- jump into Halo 2 Legendary and you're getting fucking one-shotted by Jackal Snipers and stuff. And while that definitely can be frustrating, one of my favorite things is just it creates memes and stuff. And it creates so many jokes and things to laugh about that it is a forgiven flaw because it's just so fun. You know, it just, it just makes the experience. I fucking love that about Halo 2. And the brutes and stuff that will come over and like insta-kill you, I fucking love it. Just because it it is just kind of the personality of the brute to go full rage mode and just fucking beat you up. Go ape shit, literally. <laughs> go ape shit and, and wipe you out if you're not, you know, if you don't have the right kind of weaponry to deal with it. Um, I think the, that's the reason why I love that so much is because like all the odds are stacked against you and it's meant to show like, are you good enough to push back those odds? I think that's why I like it so uh-huh. much. No, absolutely. And I, I 100% agree. Um, yeah. And that's just kind of one of those things uh, like, 
you know, I don't know if it's possible. I'm sure somebody's done it, but I don't know if it's possible to necessarily run through Halo 2 Legendary without dying one time. But what I think that does do is it does still create an extremely hard challenge, a ball-busting challenge, if you will. I have done it once. Once. Yeah. Oh, it's my gosh. so hard. It's Dude, it so is. so hard. Because I know, like, one of the missions you spawn into, if you don't move immediately, you're dead. Yeah, I know exactly what mission. You know that mission. About. I can't think I of the name, but it's on the... People, I can tell you exactly where it's at. <laughs> yeah, it's on the high charity. It's uh-huh. when you're... I think it's the grave mine. I think that's the name of it. But as soon as you spawn in, if you don't move, you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and you're just not shooting grenades. So it's... Uh, I, mean, it's a, I think Halo 2 is the hardest Halo game, without a doubt. Easy. Easy. And I fucking think that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I think if you want a ball busting experience, bro, you play Halo 2 on Legendary. And if you want a further ball busting experience, play in Halo 2 Legendary with a friend. Because that doesn't matter. If your friend dies, you both restart. <laughs> and that's how we got a glorious skull out of it. Yeah, I love it, dude. Iron, you son of a bitch, but you're great. I love you. Yeah, um, right here we have down um, for topic five. It says hot takes are under uh, underappreciated opinions about halo 2 honestly i don't really have anything like i mm. really don't it's just it's it's to me the the best thing so far it's the best map uh, not map it's the best game and honestly like i i can't really criticize it i really don't have any gripes against it yeah i mean absolutely i think my only hot take about it um which I don't know. I don't know if this is a hot take or not because the Halo community is just so vast in their opinions. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't even know how to state this correctly without getting because it's not a bad thing. It's actually it's actually a compliment. So I think Halo Two, uh, specifically the Halo Two anniversary, is the greatest remaster of any game ever. Period. Uh, for a couple couple different reasons, of course, we've talked about a few of them. I mean, it completely respects the art style and everything, but updates it to modern time with, with better lighting, um, and it's probably still the best-looking Halo game, um, especially when you consider the art style and what you prefer with the art style. Um, and on top of that, it does something that only one other game I can think of does, and it allows you to switch to classic arts, or the classic graphics and the new graphics on the flight immediately as you press the button whim and the only other game that does that is the first halo game <laughs> but it doesn't i i don't think that re, the remaster is, is nearly as good as halo 2s um and i really can't think of any game that does that because whenever you get a remaster say for example the bioshock remaster um or uh, uh the crisis remaster you don't get that option it's unless you have the original game to compare it to you you just kind of have to take their word. It's a remaster. Um, but on this one, you get a seat. You can swap it during graphics or, or excuse me, during cutscenes. You can swap the graphics during gameplay at any point. And even your friend could be playing on classic while you're playing on anniversary. Um, and it just pushes that envelope. It really does. It does. I think more games really got to do that. I think it's a super underrated feature. Um, it's very underappreciated. It's something nobody ever fucking talks about, but I think it's something that more games need to do. Um, like if they were able to do a Doom Three remake, I feel like they would need to do that so you can fully appreciate the the remake or the remaster. Because otherwise, it just it's just a pretty game. It doesn't matter that it's a remaster or a remake. Yeah, I guess it's harder to do with remakes because it might change the mechanics. But just maybe just adding the graphics graphical style would be cool. You couldn't really do it with Resident Evil 2's remaster or remake. 
but I think that's a unique case where Crisis Remastered, it doesn't necessarily, it's not so advanced that you really need it because it's still very similar, but you know, you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but yeah, just in terms of gripes, like truthfully, like nada, like, I guess, I guess the only thing I could say is dying quickly, but even then I like it. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I mean, people will point out a flaw and then you'll be like, but I like that flaw. So it's not a flaw for me. And I think there's, that's something a lot of people can't quite cramp- comprehend is that somebody will say this is objectively an issue and you say it's not objective. It's objective because I like it. You know what? I, can, I guess you can compare it to this. So here in um, where we're at, um, I guess I can just say we're at Utah. Um, we have a thing called fry sauce. If you're not familiar with that, it's basically ketchup and mayo mixed together. Now, for you, that might sound absolutely awful. But here we call that fry sauce. And here we call that basically sauce of sex. Sauce what? of sex. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that can't have their fries without fry sauce. My girlfriend being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some people, are, they're going to have it. And they're going to be like, I don't like it. Well, we do. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's the difference of perspective. And I think that's really important to, important to understand, especially when talking about video games and criticizing. Um video games and stuff is that you got to realize like, Hey, no matter what your opinion is on something. And I think video games uh, more than any other kind of media is they are very, very subjective. Unless a video game is objectively broken as in it does not function. If the functionality is broken, that's one thing. But if it's a, if it's an art style thing or an art style change or something that is completely subjective. If it is something that it's super, super difficult, that's still subjective in my opinion. Um, and I feel like anybody who uh, who claims that to be objective just gets the immediate mute on my book. I'm just like I'm not even dealing with it, dude. No. Um, absolutely, and I think it's you know important to be respectful as well as as far as that goes. Uh, but that also kind of brings me to my next point because I know we didn't really talk much about multiplayer. Yes, we because did. we didn't have a ton of well, we didn't have much of experience in there. We I mean I didn't have Xbox Live. Um, I didn't play Halo Two on Xbox Live much at all. In fact, I don't really remember it, but I, you know, of course we have played it with Master Chief Collection. Yeah. The two different versions, the anniversary version and the classic, which are two very, uh, not very, but they're two different experiences. Yeah. Let's start with the original. Let's start with the original multiplayer. What do you say? Original multiplayer. So you're talking like just a classic two? Yeah. Classic Halo two. But of course, in, I mean, if you've, you know, if you have split screen stuff, like from the original, that's one thing, but also like just online, you know, my, my, in the Master Chief Collection. Uh, Master Chief Collection, I think it's uh, a lot of fun. Definitely missed out those days because I didn't have Xbox Live. But playing with the old graphics and then just still having that classic feel is still remarkable. Um, even though I only played with my sister and my dad and maybe a couple other friends on Halo 2, you still really get that magic, I almost want to say, with playing that classic game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't really remember all that much of multiplayer besides just, um, the SNGs being totally crazy and same with dual needlers making my, uh, sister and dad absolutely mad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all, all together, just really, really well done. Honestly, like for its time, I'd say it's really, really perfect. 
Dude, absolutely. Um, I mean, I remember playing that with my brothers a lot, especially on the Christmas of 2008, before the next morning when we got Halo 3 Legendary Edition. Um, but we always play, like, after school, we would always play hours of split screen. And it usually ended with us hitting each other with our controllers uh, because we were very competitive. But, no, there's a lot of fun times having there. I don't have any specific examples. But I do remember hitting the fuck out of my brother with the controller because he killed me with an energy sword one time when I had the sniper. So that was fun. <laughs> That's amazing. I also, we, yeah. I also saw Peggy as a sniper rifle guy. Um, I mean, back in the day, we all sucked ass. Like, so we didn't know. We didn't know. Like, I tried to get the sniper rifle because I figured on PC, you know, I could use like range stuff pretty okay. Um, but I always liked the sniper rifle because it made a cool sound. And then, um, and then he killed me with the energy sword. And I was like, "Go oh, fuck yourself!" So I hit it with my controller. And then, fair. If, and then, if, yeah, and then, if whenever I killed him, we'd usually hit each other with controllers. I mean, of course. Also, remember we were got younger, so like. It wasn't like a fro- like a like a full grown adult swinging a fucking controller. It would hit him in the arm, and it wouldn't do any damage to the controller because those things are built so well. And we were just kids, so of course the force and shit wasn't going to do anything. But still, <laughs> basically slapping a, uh, a thing of concrete with a pillow, effectively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I mean, that's all great. And then, of course, the Halo 2, um, more online with the Master Chief collection. Of course, I don't have, like, a ton of connection with it just because, you know, we never play it online. But it's always a fun one to play. I don't think the multiplayer is as fun as uh, Halo 3's multiplayer, personally. But I still think, like, I still throw it in there all the time, and I still enjoy the fuck playing out of it, you know? I think it's a, I think it's a great multiplayer game. Uh, I think it's also great to mix it up. Um it also kind of brings me to Halo Two Anniversary as well. It's completely different uh, multiplayer, but it's like a it's like a modern Halo game with classic mechanics. And I don't get why people don't like that. I don't get why people don't dig that because it's classic Halo, but with newer guns and I don't stuff. Know it's why just cool. Freaking out about it. I always thought it was kind of cool. And it adds the assault rifle, which was actually, if I were to criticize Halo Two for something, is that it didn't have the assault rifle. That's fair. Uh, that would be my that would be my criticism for it. Because I love the assault rifle, I've always loved the assault rifle, and it going from Halo One to Two, and then not having the assault rifle, especially at a young age, I was like, "What the hell is this bullshit?" I bet you're like, "Where is it?" <laughs> and I hated the battle rifle as a kid. I hated it. I did not like the burst. What? I did not like the burst. Keep in mind, I'm a, I was an idiot though. I never liked burst guns as a kid. I always thought it was always auto, or you're or you're done. I'm like, or you're a sniper. That's it. You're the full auto, or you're a sniper, or you're 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 your shit. <laughs> and then there's me straight up like battle rifle any day of the week, any day of the week. Well, now I'm like, yeah, battle rifle is like so fucking good. The Halo two battle rifle is a God gun is the God gun of Halo two. It is essentially the, um, CE pistol. It is. And actually it does take, it takes the same slot as the, like if you were to have, um, what am I trying to say with that? It's the same purpose gun. It's the, the Halo CE pistol was just repurposed as a battle rifle. And then they added the new Magnum in there, which just shoots really fast, but it doesn't do shit worth damage. Unless you have the plasma pistol noob combo. <laughs> oh, I'm mad. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually really like Halo 2's anniversary multiplayer. Just because it really is the only multiplayer that doesn't have a history with it. So it just, it just feels like you're playing a modern Halo game uh, with, you know, 
updated graphics and everything with you know remastered maps, um, but it's classic gameplay. So I'll, I will never. Maybe it's because it uses the Halo Four engine. Maybe that bugs people for some reason. Um, I couldn't gripe it, but I I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think it's fun as shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like I I generally think that get that multiplayer is so much fun, <laughs> dude. It is honestly. Um, and another thing we have here is how it's impacted us. Um, I guess like the one main thing you could read out of it is there's always two sides to, um, a story. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's two sides of the story and also, uh, like how it impacts life because I mean, that's the thing. Um, everybody's life is just so different and different games will have different reactions from people. I mean, for me, it's more or less, it's like, the game that was super underappreciated as a child, but then came in swooping. I actually didn't fully appreciate it until the anniversary version came out in 2014. I was just never like everybody would say the best. I'm like, eh, it's so old. <laughs> God, I know that's, that's so sad to say, but it was, and then it came out and then it, for a time it was my favorite for about a year or so. And then as my perspectives changed and then it just kind of turned in the master chief collection just being my favorite just because i could switch between everything but yeah halo 2 uh i mean i think it also teaches a lot of lessons about um changing stuff um you know you want to of course respect the old but you want to improve improve things and you want to you know add new features and stuff and i think halo 2 just really is one of the best halo games to do that because it really doesn't remove anything but it adds a ton to it um, except for maybe the super open maps, but even then, it's eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. See, so, yeah, um, overall, great game, great absolutely, game. absolutely super great game. Um, I think Halo Two is just among the best. I think it's one of the best sequels ever made. Um, uh, I think yeah, it's along with the best direct sequels ever made, alongside uh, Half Life Two, uh, Doom Eternal. And I'm sh- I'm sure there's got to be another direct sequel that's of the same caliber. I just can't think of one because those are kind of like my holy three: the Halo, Doom, and Half Life that I kind of was really pushing last year because they were all coming out with a new game. Battlefield one and two. <laughs> Battlefield <laughs> Battlefield one and five. I mean, technically, tech kinda. Well, Battlefield. So Battlefield. Uh, so yeah, one? Battlefield 1942, which was the original, and then you. I mean, then you had expansion. Then I think they did have Battlefield 2. I think that was the next game after. Well, they had Battlefield Vietnam, but that was more of a... That was more the ancient gods in terms of, like, being a spinoff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Battlefield 2 is a modern one. I actually... I remember playing it, but I don't remember too much about it. <laughs> I'll <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> I know I played it. I know we own it. We played a lot of it back in the day. It's just... The only battlefield I haven't gone to return to in like the last decade, so I, I can't speak to it. Um, and I'm just talking direct sequels, so like the number two, like the Dark Knight or whatever, you know, the second entry. So I'm not counting like Halo Three or like uh, you know uh, Doom sixty four or stuff like that. That's true. We can jump into that stuff next time. <laughs> um, after. Dude, absolutely. But I think, I mean, I don't know, John, if there's anything that you want to add there, I think that kind of almost concludes us for our discussion about Halo 2. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, we're thankful for Halo 2. <laughs> Dude, we are very thankful for Halo 2. <laughs> that is the conclusion. Um, I do actually, actually, I do have one more thing. So I'm not going to 
name drop it, but um, I am working on a map. It did get delayed a little bit for uh, this podcast, but it was Halo ODST and Halo 2 do um, kind of happen at the same time. So um, I'm going to be doing some somewhat of an ODST take on this particular map for uh, Halo 2. So it's one of my favorite maps for Halo 2. And I thought it was just a really unique design. So hopefully you guys like it when I do drop it. Dude, I'm excited to see what you got going. We'll be uh, fun to see when it comes out too. I know uh, next month, like for April is more, is the ODST month, but of course we're going to still talk a little bit about Halo 2 on Twitter and stuff, just because we didn't talk much about it in March. I directly blame Doom Eternal and the ancient gods for that, but uh, that's what it is. Um, but no, that's going to be super, super exciting. And then, of course, ODST takes place at the same time as Halo 2. So I think there's the case to be made there that you could just mix the two. Um, but yeah, so that's super, super fun there. Uh, but I don't know about you, John. They just released today, 343 Industries, the new Inside Infinite article. And there's not too much for us to go off of. You know, it's a s- super stupid long article that i haven't had a chance to fully read through i read through some some stuff you know we watched the videos and stuff and now i think is a good time to uh to jump into it and briefly talk about it um you know, with all that yeah they they just released a halo infinite soundtrack preview um it's good it's been officially released on itunes and spotify um uh, got three songs from what i'm able to see and yeah. it's really good yeah, it's the three they, they released back in uh, July and August last year before they delayed the game and depressed us all into depression. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, so it's the three songs they've had on YouTube, but they've they've come out with the official like versions. So you can download Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. I think there was a third another place as well, but I, I don't remember. I'm listening. I've been listening to it all podcast, though. So <laughs> that's what I typically do as one does naturally with the new soundtrack have to (laughs) what's that i said you have to it's so good it is so good it's actually a funny story about that um about it coming out now i just i just think it's really funny i want to tell a story i'm not necessarily gonna um name drop the person i was talking with just because i don't want them to get in any kind of trouble in any way um but he's he's a good friend of mine you you know i'll tell you who it is later john um but he's he's a really good friend of mine um, but you, we were mentioning because I've kind of been, I've gotten really sick of waiting for the Doom Eternal soundtrack, right? Like really sick. I, I don't like going on YouTube. I just want it on my phone. So what I've been doing, uh, I've only done this with the Ancient Gods Part 1 and 2 soundtrack so far. Uh, but I go through and I kind of download it from YouTube onto my computer, put it through iTunes, uh, kind of change, um, you know, the... Or I kind of add information like who the composer is and everything, add a song name, add an album cover. And then I create my own albums. Now it's on my phone, on my my Apple Music, so I could just listen to it whenever I want without using data. And I'm just going to do that with, you know, I'm going to do that with Doom Eternal as well, um, just so I have those on my, on my phone. But what the funny thing is where this comes in here is... Uh, my friend here, uh, he's of course a huge Halo fan as well, and he can, cont- you know, he was talking about how he keeps on listening to the soundtracks, and he just wants them to release. Keep in mind, this is like two or three days ago. This is literally two or three days ago. Um, so I show him, I send him a snapshot. I'm like, okay, this is how you do it. I walk him through the process. A little while he sends me back, and he's got the, you know, he's got the the songs on his phone and everything with his own cover art and everything, and it's just right. super cool. And then, and then of course, of course, t- earlier today they go through and they they fully release it. I'm just like, man, that is 
so much work done for nothing, but at least we have them now. Uh, they're really, really good quality, you know, uh, better than any kind of YouTube rip thing you can get. Um, so yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the, I don't know, the, the funny story. Um, and yes, when the eternal soundtrack and everything, I will buy the soundtracks when they come out. So it's not technically illegal, but they just don't have them available. So <laughs> free because the, because you bought the D uh, you pre-ordered it. Um, what the, uh, the doom eternal. Yeah, Doom Eternal Deluxe Edition. I believe you're supposed to get a free copy. Um, I believe so, but I haven't got that yet, and I don't know if they ever have gotten around to actually releasing it to those people. Mm. I've heard they have, but at the same time, I don't know for sure. So I'm kind of just, I'm not going to start downloading the Doom Eternal tracks until after I receive the product and see, because that's a lot of fucking work. Uh, to do that, but I will. If it doesn't work, I will. I will go through like all fifty songs and I will download them <laughs> and I will do it, dude. Because I'm just so sick of waiting. Yeah, they're supposed to release it earlier, and we're still like almost a year ago. Almost a year ago, they said. I remember it was like mid-April, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we'll." Uh, it's now available for collectors edition owners. I still don't know if that actually happened or not. And they're like, "It'll be coming. The soundtrack will be dropping next couple weeks in iTunes and Spotify and everything." Never fucking did. It actually did drop on Spotify, and then they removed it in August. What? Yeah, they removed it from Spotify in August. So, um, I'd say yeah, it would play, but you know they took it down. I know, right? So that's just kind of where we are. So it's only on YouTube. So I'm just sick of having YouTube open and then leaving YouTube and the music stopping. I'm just like, fuck off. I'm gonna um, joke real quick with you. I don't speak broke. <laughs> I pay for premium. <laughs> oh. Well, that's funny considering how much I just spent for that fucking uh, collector's edition. <laughs> I, I paid double price for that motherfucker, dude. I'm not even kidding. Oh, what you're getting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so what I got, um, what I bought, uh, and I'll show, <laughs> I haven't shared it on Twitter yet or anything. I'm going to I'm gonna wait until I get it and take pictures. And yeah. And do a funny Snapchat video. Dude, but, I'm uh, so excited. I'm excited. I already know what I'm going to do for the Snapchat video. It's going to be funny. But, um. I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I wanted to come so soon. Ugh. It's supposed to be here. It was really supposed to be here today, but it's not shipped full yet. So I'm like, it should be here by Tuesday at the latest. So I better get here. Or I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I spent double price on it. Double price on what it was really going for because you can't buy it now. Um, and I don't care, man. I got the stimmy. I don't give a fuck, dude. I bought that. And it's all because of you. You convinced me last podcast after after the podcast. So. I don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea. You fucking. Uh, <laughs> and hey, you know, the wife's getting a tattoo and everything, so she couldn't say no. So that's fair. Uh, I am just using mine to get a vehicle. So, <laughs> hey, man, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You're going to get your own uh, warthog. Dude, I need to. Holy fuck. I'd love to get a warthog. Dude, dead ass, dead ass. I'm trying to get a green car so I can call it the Warhog. The bro hog. Green or gold green or gold. I thought you said wiener gold for a minute. I was like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> it was just the audio cutting out. That's funny. Oh, that's amazing. I hope that gets in, honestly. <laughs> oh, it will. It will. Don't worry, I won't go edit it out. <laughs> um, but John, did you uh did you go through and watch the two videos that they uh that they I released? He was um out on the road today all day, so I actually didn't get a chance to even take a look at it. All right, so that's all right. That's, that's all right. You'll, you'll watch it later. So there's two there's two videos they released. There's one with the concept art that they came out with. You did see that, though, right? A, a, a capture of it, yeah. Yeah, the, the, there's that. Uh, it's Master Chief 
in below the ring surface. Um, and I believe he's where there's a section in Halo Point of Light that takes place under Zeta Halo's surface in the catacombs. And it, the description of what's going on there fits the image that we're looking at. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that takes place in the same place. I won't talk any more about that, but um, yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it after. Absolutely. Um, so, but so, so they released the video um, with just ambient forerunner sounds and it sounds fucking creepy. It sounds really, really, really creepy. Not necessarily like flood. And I'm not necessarily saying that they've confirmed flood, but it just sounds like a place the flood would be. Um, so it sounds, it, it sounds uneasy. It sounds dark. It sounds spooky. Um, but it's you know it sounds really cool. It does kind of remind you back of you know those if you ever went into a Halo multiplayer map like on the original games. Yeah, you know like it's a freaky feeling with the, with the ambient sounds on some of those maps. It makes you think there's something there's something on the map with you because you know you'll hear things and that's kind of what it's like there. And then they also came out with a second video which shows the audio designers uh, destroying a fucking piano for creepy sounds. So what they do is they put like a big bass speaker inside and they rock the whole thing. And then they, you know, and then the, you know, mics and everything and they start smashing the piano or putting, uh, uh, what is, what do you call that? Dry ice on the strings and stuff and cutting strings. And it creates some really freaky fucking sounds, dude. I need to see this. Dude, it sounds like, I'm not saying specifically this video i'm not saying that they're confirming flood with it but it sounds like it sounds like a horror game that they're making right there it sounds horrifying and i don't know some of it might be sound effects for like doors openings or, or for like 400 beams or something but there's some unnatural sounding shit dude and it sounds freaky you guys can't see um, my face but flood is one of my favorite things and I, i'm getting real hyped <laughs> yeah so Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna limit my expectations. I'm I don't know if we're gonna see flood, but dude, it sounds like it sounds like flood, uh, but not in the organic like creepy like the sounds they make, but more or less the sound effects that would go on with the flood or a flood screaming down an alleyway a mile down. It just sounds so freaky, dude. And I was watching that, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this is like. Holy this is shit. freaky sounding, dude. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> oh, you'll have to watch it when we're done. I know most people will uh, watch it. They've either already watched it before the podcast, or if they haven't, they I'm pretty sure you will. <laughs> because it, dude, oh my god. Um, also from my mom, who um, apparently has been listening to our podcasts, probably don't know what we're talking about. If you want, I will send you the video. Just let me know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but then also in a, in a small surprise, uh, John, they also released a concept art on a new weapon that you're able to see there. Did get to see that, mm. and um, you told me that it made a really loud noise. And the first thing I think of is, oh, that's TJ's gun already. <laughs> it is, yeah. And yeah. when I look at it, yeah, yeah, that is that is most definitely. That's a, it's a scary looking fucking gun. It's uh, it does look awesome. It's the uh, so it's, it looks like so from what I understand, it's a new brute weapon called the skewer. Um, and apparently it shoots spears, fucking spears, at any unfortunate target. Um, dude, I and this also appeared in one of the books as well. Oh, dude, I hope that we can pin bodies to the wall. Dude, I was thinking the same thing because in actually, it's actually really funny because you're not the only one to say that. In fact, there's actually a people 
few people online who've played Half-Life 2, they're like, dude, it's like the, the Half-Life crossbow because you could shoot that and it'll it'll impel an enemy and it'll stick them to the wall. That's hilarious. And everybody's like, dude, I want that to happen. And yeah, there's so they have, if you go in the, in the Inside Infinite article there, there's a little link there next to the picture and it will show you the sound the gun makes when it shoots and it is loud and it is just, it is brutal. Yeah, dude, it looks cool. And then, of course, on the gun itself, it also has a fucking huge bayonet that looks just oof. It just looks like the scariest knife you ever did see, dude. I it looks insanely good, uh, especially with um, the the tip of the spike. You can tell um, that that would do some serious damage. Yeah, and uh, coming from a few uh, developers, I'm not going to name drop them there. You can go look on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so a few of them did say like, yeah, this is my favorite gun in the game. Even Unishek, uh, said that as well. It's like, this is my favorite gun in the game. So I'm excited to see what it, this motherfucker does, dude. Dude, we're just, we're, we're getting closer. We're getting to the end of March. We're right there. Bro, how has it already been almost four months or, th- or yeah. How have we already gone through three months of 2021? Dude, we're getting so close. I know we'll, we'll definitely see gameplay in the next three to four months for sure. So that's going to be fucking exciting. Dude, the, the hype is overly real. And interestingly as well, I know next month, I think they're going over some of the PC stuff as well. So it wouldn't be out of the question to see some PC gameplay. I'm just saying, hmm, I'd love to see. I doubt it. I doubt it. You will see more ge- screenshots. For sure. of, um, even if it's not now, just like later where they're like getting ready to release the game where they're constantly showing more trailers. Like, Hey, this is coming out. Got another. Oh yeah trailer just showing um maybe two people sitting next to each other and it shows like a keyboard and controller and then instead of like the person picking one or the other they go yeah i'm gonna pick controller the homie goes i'll take the uh, keyboard and it shows them playing next to each other absolutely yeah and i think uh, the master chief collection also has mouse and keyboard support on the xbox itself so i wonder if that'll happen with halo infinite as well you play mouse and keyboard through uh, through your xbox which would be cool to DM us. If you'd like us to uh, be in that video. <laughs> no kidding, dude. I'll, oh man, that'll be awesome. You don't even have to pay us. We'll do it for free. <laughs> dead ass, dude. Dead ass. Um, dude. And I was also, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but I just thought I'd bring it up just because there's really not a ton of infinite news to talk about. Um, at least at the moment. Um, but dude, you know what they should do with Halo infinite is they should add the skin of the doom slayer. Uh, like the full the full model of Doom Slayer into Halo Infinite as oh, we might as this. yeah yeah we might have talked about it and I want them to have that and then to I don't care if we have to talk about it again I'm gonna just bring it up they have to the two oh. boys the legendary green boys must come together <laughs> yeah and kind of the main reason kind of related to like your marketing statement there I really want it to be like Doom Guy and Master Chief playing the new Halo together dude dude. <laughs> Dude, I really want to see it. Yeah, dude. I want us to be in the commercial, <laughs> dude. That ass, dude. I will get ripped as hell just to be Doom Slayer. I'm already I, working out to do it, so fuck it. You don't even have to pay us. <laughs> I will do it for free. I will do it for free. You don't have to show my face. I'll wear. I'll wear the helmet. Fuck. Just you could even just give me a controller, and I could be like, "That's payment right there, homie." Dude, dead ass, dead ass. Just, just show me, just show it. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Let me play five minutes of Infinite. <laughs> oh, bro, I would die. I would. I, would, I would sign any documents you'd like. Bro, dude, I'll sell my soul to the devil for that. The chances of a Microsoft employee listening to this, I wouldn't say zero, but probably pretty close. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, dude. Absolutely. Marketing. Oh my God. That would be awesome. Though. That would be awesome. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> dude, absolutely. And then, I mean, just to kind of cap off the episode here, um, if it's okay, if you would indulge me for a moment, I did want to go over some cool things about Doom Eternal that I just found out before the podcast. Go ahead. I will kick back and listen to your awesome voice. So, you know, oh my gosh. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, of course, you know, last the last episode we did just a couple days ago, we went over the spoiler discussion for uh, uh, Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 2. And some of this, I think, kind of goes into spoiler territory as well. So just be aware if you haven't played it, uh, go fucking play it and then come back because, yeah. Um, but so Hugo Martin, the the lead developer, I guess, no, not the lead developer, the director of Doom Eternal, um, he did a stream tonight and he did reveal some interesting information about the back, kind of some of the backstory of the Doom Slayer slash Doom guy. Because if you don't know, Doom Slayer is the original Doom guy from the first game. And the order goes Doom, Doom 2, Hell on Earth, Doom 64, Doom 2016, Doom, Doom, Doom Eternal, and then both parts of the Asian gods. Um, but uh, so one of the cool things, one of the cool Easter eggs in Doom Eternal is if you're looking around hard enough, I think on almost every mission, you'll find the little bunny named Daisy, which yeah, was... I purposely looked for that. Um, actually, I was on a random mission when it first came out and I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll find Daisy, the, and it's his little pet bunny that was killed in the ending of doom one when hell invades earth. Um, but you can see those in doom eternal. And he just confirmed that, uh, those aren't actually Daisy or anything, obviously, but they are actually hallucinations ba- made by doom guys mind. Um, so he's suffering from PTSD and such because of the, uh, kind of the shit that's going on. Of course the Daisy Daisy is dead. It got her head mounted on a fucking spike by the demons. Um, on hell as shown in the end of doom the original ending of doom um but to make matters worse <laughs> it's not all um so if you're in the fortress of doom you can go into doom slayer's room and you'll find an image on the floor and it's a ripped image uh, but it's a family photo of a, a woman a baby and then the man who's the the photo's been ripped across the fa- man's face so you can't see who it is uh, but it's been revealed that that is uh, Hugo, or uh, not Hugo, uh, I'm sorry, the Slayer's uh, family. So the Slayer's wife and, and child. Um, and it's so basically what had happened in the original, the lore for the original Doom is the reason why Doom Guy is on Mars, or Phobos actually, sorry, is because he punched a commanding officer in the face for uh, for, I think, shooting up civilians or something similar to that. Um, so for punishment, they separated him from his family onto the Phobos base. And then by the time he returns to Earth, by the ending of Doom and everything, it turns out that his family was killed by the demons. Um, so no, not only is the Slayer hallucinating Daisy through you know throughout the campaign, but he also carries the weight of not being able to protect his family in the past, which is actually hinted at in one of the missions in Doom Eternal. Uh, which is Sentinel Prime, and you have the con maker saying that she could return to you what was what was taken. Of course, Doomslayer doesn't give two fucks because he he knows better. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of damage going on there, uh, which makes Doomslayer a super layered character. And actually, I think he's one of the best written characters, more than most dialogue characters. He only says one word in the entire Doom Eternal and Doom 2016. 
Um, Without and the ancient gods, the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, not including the flashback, which there is a flashback where he does speak, but that's technically Doom Guy and not Doom Slayer. Just, okay, just go with it. <laughs> just go with it as you will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he only says one word, so that I feel like it, for me, it just layers his character because they do such a good job with his animation and telling his emotions just through his movement, whether it's in first person or or third person cutscenes. Um, and then there's another a big reveal as well, which we did talk about before, where uh, the Dark Lord, which was the original creator um, of all beings in the Doom universe, um, is not actually the true God. He was the first living being who created uh, beings in the universe and everything, but there is actually still an entity beyond him, and it's one that we will probably explore in the next Doom game um, whenever you know, the Doomslayer wakes up again. Because it's also confirmed that Doomslayer, again, isn't dead dead. Uh, he's more into, like, some kind of, I can't remember the verbiage, but some kind of trance or something to where his body shuts down um, and he's put into the coffin until he's awakened again, likely by somebody doing the trials of Maligong and waking him uh, through the magic through that. So, uh, we'll probably be getting another Doom game where he hunts down the the ultimate true god of the universe to... to you know, strike him down because fuck him. I don't know. <laughs> but that was what that's that's what he said himself. The Hugo Hart, uh, excuse me, Hugo Martin, the director of Doom Eternal. So, um, and Doom twenty sixteen. So I just thought those was some cool stuff that was revealed during the live stream, and I just kind of wanted to share it because fucking God of War type shit, dude. Dude, it is. Uh, um, also, it, I mean, it is kind of funny as well. Just kind of how powerful the Doomslayer is, is literally he will match the power of whatever entity is fighting. And then he will overcome that power through his, his pure will. So he's like the ultimate being in the universe. Essentially speaking, he would kill the God of war or uh, Kratos or pretty much any character you pit him up against. He will kill, which I just think is the funniest thing that they intentionally wrote the lore to be that way. So you can't have a situation where he loses like that. <laughs> Which makes him overpowered as fuck, but you know what? He's just so badass, dude. It's just not even fair. <laughs> and plus, and Chief are sharing a beer, so. And absolutely, I mean, people who who pit Chief and Doomslayer against each other completely misunderstand that those two would be bros. <laughs> See, they would they would be dropped into an arena to fight each other. They'd look at each other, then they'd go. The Chief would be like, "Doom guy," and then Slayer would go, <clears throat> and then they would they clash hands and the chief would be like you son of a bitch yeah the the, the thing from the predator where they clash hands <laughs> master chief you son of a bitch <laughs> do the big old fucking biceps oh my god yeah dude just ridiculous and, and i saw there's those uh pictures of their vacation yeah. and one of them's just chief and the doomslayer with their ass cheeks <laughs> cheeks out like that one picture he posted on twitter uh, oh my god oh my sweet lord god i freaking love it dude (laughs) uh i freaking love it (laughs) beautiful but i think uh i mean after all that i think that kind of does conclude our uh you know this this month's the road to infinite episode um of course we will be there um we will come back with another the next the road to infinite episode on the last friday of every month uh, or next, excuse me, last Thursday of every month, and we'll probably upload it Friday or Saturday the following day. But uh, 
yeah, that's what we're going to do, covering all Halo Infinite details as we do so going forward. Yeah, dude, and I'm I'm excited for us to continue this. And like always, guys, we seriously appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to us. We really enjoy doing stuff like this. Um, glad we were able to stay on schedule this time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Um, but yeah, we we definitely want to do a couple more episodes. Uh, let us know again if you guys do want to see us do a live podcast because I think that'd be a lot of fun to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, t- t- I'll have you uh, take the floor now, TJ. Absolutely, you know. So, uh, you know, be sure to check us out on on Twitter here, of course, at the Noble Core. That's where we come out with every episode, every uh, every time we do a recording, and we come out with one. That's where you can find it. Uh, of course, follow my handsome devil here at John the Chief One One Seven. Uh, always come out through with some great positivity and funny vibes going through. Um, and then you can go ahead and follow me at Infinite Grunt on Twitter uh, as well. Where, dude, I'm just talking about like mostly doom eternal right now but of course you can find me that's you know a ton of halo infinite talk and everything like that um so yeah so just uh and then be sure to use on twitter or facebook wherever you go the hashtag the road to infinite to share your favorite aspects and memories of uh halo 2 this month and of course halo 3 odst in the coming month um just kind of share the experience together so uh, that'll be awesome and of course if you've enjoyed this consider consider visiting uh, informpixel.com where I come out with several written pieces per week. Um, I'm almost complete with my Doom Eternal review, or I guess Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods Part 2 review, excuse me. Um, it is the longest review I've ever written, the most detailed, and definitely my best work I've ever done. So uh, hopefully that goes live this weekend. Um, sometimes after I upload it, it takes a few days to actually be uploaded to the site just because of editing and stuff. But um, of course, I'll be posting that across all my social media as soon as that goes live. So please check that out if you wouldn't mind. He is a talented writer. So if you've got a moment, feel free to just bring that up. Like I read every single one that he puts out. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Absolutely. I definitely, even the ones where I'm not super interested in, I definitely uh, at least try my hardest to, to make it compelling. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, this has been the the Noble Core podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next month for the Road to Infinite. Noble Core, out. Infinite.